with so many different people in the world, it's hard to only work for one type of person. Then again, if you could choose, what would your ideal customer be like? When working as an electrician, you meet all different kinds of people. This podcast goes through the different types of experiences that I've experienced over time as an electrician with different customers and exactly how I've dealt with them. The nightmare customers, the difficult customers, and the nasty ones too. Along with another customer once I had that was quite a flirt. Toolbox talks for electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time, and earn more money. Hey there, once again, it's your host, Ben Poulter, and over the past 20 years or more of being an electrician, I know we get to meet some weird and wonderful people in our experience as an electrician whilst working in different premises, different install sort of thing with domestic, commercial, and industrial. You meet all different type of people. It's part of the job. You're not going to get every single customer you have to be an absolute dream. To be honest with you, where would be the fun in that? And I think the most fun customers to deal with are these people that exactly know what they want doing. They know how you're going to do it, what needs doing, how long it's going to take you, and they've got a rough idea of how much it can cost. Because they invite you around the house to give them a quote because they just want to see how much you're going to charge them. But they've already got a figure in mind exactly how much they want to pay you. They might have had a couple of guys go around before they get two or three quotes but no one's actually given them a quote to the price that they want to pay so they'll just carry on getting more and more people to go around and it's it's when they say to you like it's a simple job for you to do this is an easy one for you it's a little job it'll only take you an hour or so then what am I doing here mate I don't understand if you know exactly what you're doing it's tricky it's hard to say sometimes to keep a straight face to a customer and say okay you know so much about it it's, why don't you do it yourself so then, wise chatting away after a cup of tea and looking what wants doing, they've got a new hot tub and it wants wiring up. But it's okay because you've got a cable there already. What does that cable do? That cable does the garden lights. Okay, then let's have a look at your consumer unit. And the consumer unit is probably older than both of us put together. And we're 40-year-old guys. And I wouldn't say I get satisfaction of sort of letting them know that it's not going to go to how they assumed it would in their head. It's... It's a bit of a tough situation it puts you in sometimes when you've got to explain to them that it's not that simple. You've got to do it to standards. It's got to be safe and you're going to upgrade your fuse board. It's going to cost you basically 10 times more than that figure that you've got in your head. And even if it wasn't so bad where you had a consumer unit that was beautifully new and fresh and it was all safe and up to standard, you've just spent six grand on a new hot tub. Why wouldn't you want to spend £500 to get that installed correctly? And when I meet these sort of type of customers, I try to give them a ballpark figure there and then, right in front of them to say, look, this is going to cost you around £1,500 or £2,000, something like that, because you've got to get the work done for it to be safe, to me to be able to sign it off, to me to be able to walk away and say, yeah, that's not going to catch fire. But... You know, for a fact that they're going to keep getting electricians off of Google or for word of mouth to try and find someone to wire that hot tub up off of their shed for a little bit of beer money. You'll know for a fact that after a few weeks of that install, not hearing anything from them, they've more likely found someone that wired off the garden lights 
and it was either melted or tripped or they're having problems. The hot tub doesn't get hot or doesn't stay hot. So they phone you up and politely say, um, hi, can you come and do that job after all? It happens all the time. And I think that's the domestic side of things for an electrician. There are a lot more domestic customers like that than there are in the industrial and commercial industry. But you do, however, get these clever managers who work for these big companies and they'll call you up to get you to come around to give them a quote for some work that they want to do in their house. Maybe they're having a kitchen refitted or they're having their garage turned into a fun room or living room, something like that. So some big job that they're doing at their house, but they don't necessarily want to pay for themselves. So they'll get you to come around. They'll tell you about this big company they work for. And yes, they also need an electrician at that company. So their plan is to get you to do some work at the company, but also add their kitchen or their dining room or the work they want doing at their house. Just add it onto that invoice and I'll get it done for free. And some of the guys, they actually tell you that. Why is you look around the house, having a cup of tea, getting on farm with them, quoting for the work? They'll explain to you the plan. The plan is like, yeah, well, I'm going to get this done through my company. So basically, I don't have to pay for it. And I don't know whether their boss is okay with this or whether they're just being cheeky because you can't do that. They're going to lose their job if their boss finds out, basically. I don't think it's such a big deal if maybe they actually own the company because, yes, you can put it through. They can claim the tax back or they can do something, I suppose, if it's their own company. But when it's not their company, I think that's just a bit cheeky. It's happened to me in the past before where I've done a load of downlights in a kitchen and they've said, oh, I'll just come round to the company also and then fit this outside light. And what's an outside light fitting going to cost? Maybe a couple of hundred quid. But they want you to charge them a 1,200 quid or something, whatever the cost was for the downlights, and put it through the company. Yeah, when the manager is in charge of signing off the invoices for that company, they might get away with it. But it leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth and it's just a bit too bad you can't do that I don't want to be involved in something like that because that manager if he's doing stuff like that it's not going to be at that company for long is he and you're not going to be if you're participating in that sort of ripping the company off so to speak it's going to drag you down with him but I think you'll be surprised actually how much this actually happens in the building trade it happens all over and I've seen it no end of times as my 20 odd years or more as an electrician I think with commercial and industrial, they're a lot more organised. I don't mind doing a commercial and industrial sometimes because they like to have everything on a bit of paper, your risk assessments, and they like to know exactly what you're going to do. Because when you quote a job, it's been worked out with the time it would take to do it and the materials that you're going to use. So myself or the electrician, whoever's going to do it, they'll plan the day before or maybe the week before by ordering all the materials and they'll plan their time accordingly. You've got maybe a full week there, or you've got maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of days, something, you'll plan your time around it. You've got a diary, you've got a schedule to keep, you've got jobs to book in. So this is what you do, you you plan your time around that specific job, what you've got. But it doesn't always go to plan now, does it? Because I did it, the same thing in a doctor's surgery. I was asked asked to run some new data cables for a new office that they were installing. As an electrician, I think you might well know that running data cables 
it's quite simple in my eyes. It's it's not live and it's a lot easier. And you get that 305 meter drum that you can just pull nice straight runs. It's quite an easy job sometimes. I enjoy doing it. So as long as you have the correct kit to sort of test the RJ45 plugs end to end, then it's easy going. Now, when I quoted the job, there was a person that showed me exactly where the offices was going to be, how many points I want, where the desk is going to go, and then where the actually server cables or the network cables needed to run to, where they needed to pick up their supply to connect to the rest of the server in the whole surgery. So in my eyes, it was sort of obvious that I'll need to get inside that server room. But when it, when it actually came to it and I needed to get into that server room on that day, I was told that I'm sorry, but there's sensitive information involved in that server room, which I understand completely. And to gain access to that server room, it could take up to a week for you to be authorised. Well, that was a bit of a bummer. So that sort of messed me around for that week. I had to rejiggle, work around. These things happen. It's got to, it wasn't, I say it wasn't anyone's fault, but it weren't mine. I thought it was obvious. So it was somebody's fault. I'm not going to hold my hands up to it because I need to access that room. But we got it sorted around about in the long run. It got, it got worked out in a couple of weeks where I got authorized to get into that server room. I had to have a, I think it was a security card to sit with me to watch. I don't understand why. I don't know even what was in that server room or how I would get information from it. But I assume that maybe they couldn't have the servers go down. So they had to have someone to sit and watch, which wasn't too bad because I had someone to talk to. And as you may well know with this podcast, I like chatting. So there was a lesson learned from that job, maybe. Never assume the customer knows any knowledge of the job of what you're going to do. Explain in fine detail, especially industrial, commercial, like barrying off areas or the access that you might need to gain with a jerry picker with ladders something like that explain in fine detail what you're going to do what areas you're going to need to access to let them know so it doesn't hold you back for that day when you actually finally turn up with all the kit raring to go and get you get a stop pot on you straight away it dumbs it down it's a nightmare sometimes but this stuff happens and we carry on and you'll find that a lot of customers, mainly the most customers, to be honest with you, you meet, they'll usually have a price in mind what the job is going to cost them. And I refer to this because it's mainly in domestic installations with landlords. Landlords are the worst. They always think that if you tell them a price, they'll try and half it exactly all the time because they don't care it's just it's just a job they've got to get done in a property it's not going to benefit them in a way well it will do because it's their property and they're sort of got to look after it but they don't really care too much about what materials you put in sometimes when you recommend you say right i'm going to put these led downlights in because they're a lot better they'll last a lot better they'll be more efficient but they're 15 pound each hang about what about them ones on screw fix for 2.99 yeah i'm not going to touch them but that's what they want you to do it happens all the time or even so now with the eicrs they've come in to be a legal requirement for landlords to have but they just assume that yeah you just gotta get electrician to come around and tick things off to say yep it's safe but these safety checks are for a reason and they hate it when they get a fail. They maybe get a C1 or say they get an unsatisfactory on that certificate. 
I don't understand why. What's wrong with this house? Because the property has been decorated from top to bottom, fresh paint. And it's got a brand new kitchen. But the landlord and his mate down the pub fitted it himself. They didn't take any consideration into maybe, hmm, might get the electric electrics checked. Or, hmm, I might get the boiler tested. Nothing like that. If it looks right, if it works, then yeah, we'll leave it in there, give it a lick of paint and rent it out. There's a lot of properties around the UK at the moment that are finding it hard when they get an EICR and they find out that they need to do some work. They need to upgrade that electrical supply to that property. It's not as good a condition as what it maybe looks like from, from the initial visit. A lot of the time, after their uh, landlord and their friend or whoever they've got in there has finished the decorating to make it look nice and lovely, they'll call an electrician. I think, yep, yeah, we'll get it tested, we'll get one of these test certificates on it, and then we'll just rent it out and we'll be rolling in it. I, I assume, not saying I'm rolling it, but you know what I mean, it'll be like an asset for them to be renting out a property. But a good electrician that can turn up to a property within 20 minutes... Is gonna tell if it can it'll fail it will fail a, a EICR without a doubt and a lot of the time it is when you go to a light switch you go to a light switch it looks quite old or it, it might even be brand new but you whip it off and you find out there's no earth in there even though sometimes there might be an earth at the ceiling rose because a lot of people they say yeah I rewired that house but they didn't want to redecorate, so they didn't do the switch drops. And the switch drops is what causes disruption to the paper, to the plastering work. And that means you've got to get a plaster around and skim it over and redecorate, basically. They didn't want to do it because that's obviously another thing they want to do. So they don't get it done. A lot of people don't get the switch drops done. You can tell straight away. If you take one switch off, there we go, two cores. It's rubber cabling. It didn't happen. So with these little telltale signs, I normally go in there and say, look, I'll turn up for a visit. I'll give you a visual inspection first. That's going to be the best bet. Rather than booking me in for a full day to do an EICR, then we'll do a visual inspection if you're unsure of what the property's condition is. Because normally if you look at the board, you can say, yeah, no RCD, mate, straight away new board. That's going to cost you 750 quid minimum. Depends what size the house is. Depends what the rest of the house is like. But yeah, so a visual inspection is be a good idea to give customers to start with because then you're not in it for, well, the EICR where you cost them. Say you give them a £350 bill for the EICR. If it doesn't say satisfactory, then they'll be reluctant to pay. If it's un- unsatisfactory, then, then no one, I don't think anyone gives a monkeys about what is failed on. Normally, they just want the EICR to to um, to rent that property out so really you want to give them a bit of a visual inspection and say look mate this is going to fail but if it fails drastically and you need to rewire or something like that then maybe let them know beforehand so you don't waste your time and their time there's been landlords in the past who've paid three electricians to test the same property each electrician they failed the property with different faults but yet I was getting called up to see if I would put a pass on it. Well, you've had three electricians test that property and they've showed you the faults already. I think he was just hoping that maybe someone one day will pass it. Because that's all he needed to rent it out, to legally rent it out. If you think of it like like an MOT, if you're getting a dodgy MOT for your motor, because I know you can get hold of them quite easily, 
you can just pay a little bit extra for that MOT without having to turn up to the garage, to, without having to get someone to check your car over. Well, what is the actual point in an MOT? It's to make sure that your car is safe to use on the road. So it's a pretty good thing, really, especially if it's your friends or your daughters or your kids or your wife. Then you want them to drive around in a safe car. If it's not safe to be on the road, then it, maybe you shouldn't have an MOT. Because if you think about it, it's not just their safety. It's if them brakes are no good and you can't stop and you hit someone else... It'll ruin your life if you actually hit, I don't know, whether you hit a person or maybe, or anything happens, it's not worth doing. So that's exactly the same with what an EICR is on a property. It's an MOT. And this EICR is detailing the faults that are probably dangerous for you to be able to put a tenant in that property because you're basically renting that property to them as an asset. So you're going to be responsible but as soon as you put satisfactory on that certificate, the electrical installation of that property is my responsibility. So I won't do it. And I recommend that no one does do it. No one gives away these EICRs. Like, I don't, I've never, never heard of it, to be honest with you, that people just giving it out without turning up to the property. But imagine if you did. Like, if anything happened in that property... I can guarantee that the buck is going to stop back at you who gave that certificate because your name's going to be written on it and you're going to be dragged up in court when they say that maybe someone had out of fire. And what if someone gets injured? That's the worst thing. Someone gets injured, you can, you can basically get sued and put in prison. So yeah, these EICRs, make sure you go into detail with them. If they fail, they fail. There's nothing you can do. Someone has got to pay to get that work done. But working as an electrician, you get offered all sorts of jobs like this. Like, yeah, mate, I'll give you some cash. Like, if sometimes cash is meant to be a deal breaker. Oh, yes, we're going to have some cash in my pocket. But what about the future? Is that cash that you're offering me going to cover my mortgage payments over the next five years that I might spend in prison if there's a fault on that property? Nah. So you turn it down and the customer goes back to Google and to find someone who will pass that or give them an EICR for a couple of hundred quid, whatever they want to bung in their pocket. And the crazy thing is that they'll always find someone as well. There will be somebody out there that will think, yeah, I'll do that for a quick buck. And it's dangerous. It's crazy, but it's the world we live in. And I think it's tough to say whether a commercial, domestic or industrial customers are better to work for. Like, who's better than the rest? You can't really tell because they're all completely different. You'll find, I find, that the bigger the job is in a commercial or industrial, the more money the company will want to save. I experienced this in a in commercial premises. It was this guy was building a studio. And I was asked to give him a quote for the lighting and the power. It was a good size with grid ceilings and it had all the 600 by 600 LED panels. It was going to be a beautiful job. I thought, yeah, it'd be great with emergency fittings and exit signs and smoke detectors. I'll give him the quote for the lot. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. I never got the job because the customer thought that I was a ripoff. Well, the quote was quite a lot, I reckon, because there was a lot of work going in there. There was a lot of lights and a lot of sockets, and it was all going to be a metal conduit. It's, it's just sometimes nice. We can do a nice, neat job where I thought that would look good. But he didn't want to go with me. He did, however, go with one of my friends that I knew. 
a friend that wasn't fully qualified, but he did have good knowledge of electrics because he helped me out on some jobs from time to time. But surprise, surprise, when they had a problem, who'd they call? No, it was not the Ghostbusters. It was me. And when I called round to have a little look, the studio, yeah, it did. It looked amazing. It had lovely lights and all the grid ceiling. The sockets were beautifully nice and straight, exactly like I would have done in the steel conduit. But unfortunately, (laughs) the lights wouldn't stay on. They dimmed down by the end of the line. (laughs) The cable was too small, basically, and that was more likely getting warm in that grid ceiling. But the circuits, they couldn't handle the load that the equipment that they had that were plugging in in the sockets they couldn't handle the load it was popping the fuse it wasn't separated they didn't know where was what was being plugged in it's just these little things that i think electrician would know so they'd know how to do it properly they didn't have any emergency light fittings that i know by regulation you've got to write an exit sign or an emergency exit sign or emergency exit fittings just to Make sure people know where it is if the electric goes off, like a failsafe and some smoke alarms maybe. It was a a studio with lights in there, so I thought it would be a good idea to put smoke detectors in there. Yet there wasn't any. It looked great, but it just wasn't right. And this was a perfect example that when you get a cheap quote, maybe question it because you can end up paying double in the long run. It always ends up being, yeah, they weren't know what they were doing. They had to call in someone that actually knew what they were doing and ended up charging them a fortune. So it happens all the time again, but it's such as life. And I think that some of these electricians that actually do this, they go out there and they say, yep, I can put that light up for 100 quid. And then they go around there and say, right, it needs a new board and it needs new wire to basically pull it up and hang about. We, we haven't got anything to fit it to. So they may, might need to take the ceiling down and make more damage. And that £100 job might turn into maybe a grand. And these sort of electricians that end up charging a grand for maybe a £100 job that the customer originally thought, these sort of electricians are giving the tradesmen a bad name. I think these electricians are giving electricians a bad name. This is why customers think. Oh, electricians are a rip-off, because some of them actually are. But I suppose you can do away with the customer and just be a subby. Subcontract people, because then you don't have to worry about the customer. You're just worrying about the boss in effect. Because my experience as working as a subcontractor electrician is that subbies are normally brought in to get the job done, to give it a push, or sometimes maybe just to turn up and stand around to be like a body on site. If you're a sparky listening to this and you've been a subby over your years as an electrician, you'll know that it's either go, 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 or you just hang around for materials to turn up. But as a subby, there is a big long chain of people involved, but you're at the end of it. So if anything goes wrong, you're the one that gets it in the neck because you've got the main customer, you've got the main contractor and the project manager and then the agency and then there's you as a subby. Everyone below that customer is making a cut. They're making a cut out of your hourly rate of being there, actually being on site because maybe the customer probably is paying sort of around £50 an hour for an electrician to turn up. Yet by the time it gets to you, you get sort of £18.20 JIB rate. I've worked on so many sites where if there's any problems, it'll always be the subby or the electrician down at the end of it 
that will get the blame. It's how it works. It's the bottom, it's the bottom feeder, I think, in a way. If the materials aren't there, yep, you see, electrician's fault they're not installed. But we haven't even got the materials. Like, it's a nightmare. So this is why I don't do subbing, to be honest with you. But I know you can earn good money. And you, as a subby, you can just jump on from job to job. There's, there's plenty of jobs around, especially if you live down London way. You can have... You can have a job, a different job for a different com- company every week if you wanted to. For me, I personally enjoy the domestic side of being an electrician because you deal directly with the customer most of the time and there's no one else taking the cut out of what, what you're providing, the service what you're providing for them. But you do, of course, get some nightmare customers at times, but you also get single women who take quite an interest in you at times as well. Because I personally think that my customer relations skills, yeah, they're, they're quite good. Only because I like to talk and I can chat away We're having a cup of tea with maybe a customer about my life or I can chat to them about anything really. I can sit and talk forever, as you may as well see from this. But I think maybe me being a chatterbox comes across maybe a bit too friendly maybe at times. Because there was this one job once. I was working in a property where the lady'd split up from her husband and she'd got the house and uh, a good settlement from the divorce. So she decided to have the house completely changed to get rid of that guy out of her hair. Whatever she was planning to do, I don't know. But there was me, a painter and a a plumber in there just basically changing things. The, The things weren't actually old or there weren't anything fault with them. She just wanted them to look different, which was fine. I was changing light sockets and switches just to and obviously let her know that you could have USB ones. So she was upgrading them. She was spending money like water. So what? She just got divorced. She was more than welcome to. But to be fair, there was nothing wrong with the old ones. She didn't need to do that. But as the customer wants, the customer gets. That's my motto in a way. So I did exactly what I was asked. But she was also a clever lady because she booked the whole week off while we were there doing all the work. And there was all three of us in there working away all day. And we had cups of tea and a biscuit all day. It was a good atmosphere, really. It was a good job and she was really happy. But it wasn't until one day that I was the only one left. I stayed a bit later to maybe get some jobs done. I used to, I've ripped all the sockets off. So I wanted to get all them sockets put back on nice and neat and tidy. But everyone else had left and it was just sort of me and the customer. It was a lovely day, so I didn't think it to be unusual for the customer to be wandering around in like a bikini and underwear in a way sort of thing, because I just, I didn't feel comfortable in a way, I just looked away and cracked on with what I was doing. But she offered me a cup of tea, and me saying, yeah, I'll have a cup of tea, I don't mind that, so I said yes, and it was over the cup of tea and the biscuits that it all went a bit weird and wrong, to be honest. I think it maybe had something to do with the wine that the customer was having because, well, it was a week off. Why wouldn't she have a glass of wine? Fair play to her. It wasn't until she sort of got a bit bit too close in a way and then started to say, hey, why don't you try this wine? That the sort of penny dropped. So I thought, damn, how the hell am I going to get out of this one? I had a mouthful of chocolate biscuits and a, a hot cup of tea in my hand. I couldn't sort of shove her away or anything. So I was just like, whoa, 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 like, Trying to move away a little bit, saying, oh, I think that wine might have gone to your head this evening, darling. Sorry, like, I'm going to have to um, get up and go. Get get, get the f- out of there, basically. 
But the tough thing is as well that I hadn't been paid from the job yet, so I didn't want to upset the poor girl. So I had to go in early the next day when she was obviously sober and say, um, yeah, let's, let's just keep this like professional, maybe. I don't want anything else to sort of happen. It was funny. Maybe you had a glass of wine and she just blamed it on the wine. She was fine. And it turns out that she weren't that picky, to be honest, because the plumber liked the wine. Which was good on him because she was more his age. I haven't seen that plumber in a while, so I'd like to know how that scenario turned out. Be funny to find out. So with every job you do, whether it be commercial, industrial or domestic, the customer will always be different. As long as you say professional, document your quote to the highest detail. It's a big one as well. Document it to the highest detail to let them know exactly what you're going to do and then stick to the price that you quoted. Don't ever change sort of thing. When someone comes back a lot of the time, they go, yes, I uh, got the same job done for 50% less. Yeah, but you're ringing me to tell me that. What is the point of you doing that? You're trying it on. You're trying to knock me down. That's all what the customer is more likely trying to do. They're trying to get a cheaper quote out of you because you did a good job, because you sounded like you knew what you were talking about, because you're registered, because you're a good electrician. You turned up maybe neat and tidy. Like sometimes the customer wants the best for the cheapest price so stay professional and you'll attract the right customers into your business and it'll make your business bigger better and stronger over time just like the toolbox talks for electricians podcast has attracted you and don't worry i'm not going to get in my underwear and start sitting on your lap i'm going to i'm going to suggest that you give this podcast a review whatever platform you're listening on give it a quick review and i'll appreciate that massively get inside the toolbox talks for electricians group and post your experience of what we've talked about today i'll leave a link to the group in the show notes below until next time i'll see you again